right, let's go. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the, the Gospel of Mark here. And let me back up just look, just see what happened. Because remember, this is then he left. You don't start a story about then. What happened? Let's back up just a little bit. Uh, salt is worthless. It's, it's almost like, well, he just sits up there and says platitudes. No, it's not. He, <laughs> he's got a kid in his arm right here is where he's talking about. He just picked up a little child. Oh, uh, let me, uh, let's see. Uh, and, and also one of them had just said, hey, we saw somebody casting out demons, but he wasn't part of our special club. And Jesus said, whoa, don't forbid him. And it's, it, when you start picking up on this stuff, it's so great because you, you won't worry about our church is the only church. And thank God churches are everywhere. You know, even things we see on TV and stuff like that, you know, God's working mightily. I'm not talking about preacher stuff, but I'm just, I, I watch movies and I'm like, boy, I see how the Lord would use that movie to get somebody. And it's just a regular old silly secular movie. But they got, there's little things in there about the Lord all over the place, you know. But anyway. So let's, yeah, that's where he had, uh, he sat down and said, anyone who wanted to be the greatest will be servant of all. And he placed a little child among them. Okay, so that's what's been going on here. Uh, this is just a story. We catch it all. Okay, so uh, um, so anyway, notice what he says. Live, live in peace with one another. Okay, after he said that, uh, all right, here we go. Uh, so we come right into Mark chapter 10. Then he left Capernaum and went southward to the Judean borders and in the area east of the Jordan River. The Jordan River was running north and south, okay? And down in the south part of Israel, if you want to think of Israel being like the state of Florida down there, it'd be lower near, near Miami down that way. You'd be where Jerusalem is. If you saw a map, you'd see it. Uh, so anyway, and Jesus' home was up at Capernaum, and it's about a two-day walk to get down here. About 70 miles. So anyway, so some Pharisees came to him and asked him, do you permit divorce? Now see, remember this is, this is, uh, this is a full story from Mark chapter 1 all the way to Mark 16. So now look at this. Watch this. Some Pharisees came and said, do you permit divorce? Of course they were trying to trap him. Now remember what they're trying to do? Remember they, they weren't trying to get a real answer here. Now notice what Jesus says. What did, now remember that guy never existed. The Israelites were never in Egypt. <laughs> I beg your problem. pardon, okay? What did Moses say about divorce? He asked them. He said it was all right. Now, let's hold up just a minute. Now, and I, my background's Baptist. I heard it was never all right. I don't care what's going on. No, whoa, hold on. J Jesus, this was right, and they were right too. You could write a certificate of divorcement. You could. Anyway, he said it was all right. He said that all a man has to do is they said there it is, and that's in this is in Leviticus or it's in Numbers. You can go look it up. You can find. But anyway, he said that's all a man has to do is write his wife a letter of dismissal. And Jesus said, and why did he say that? And Jesus, and why did he say that? Jesus asked. I'll tell you why. It's because uh, it, you know it was a concession of the of your hard of your hard, hard hard hearted wickedness, but it certainly isn't God's way. For from the very first, He made man and woman to be joined together permanently in marriage. Now, one thing people do right here is they, they immediately they go, oh, "I'm really in there," and that's all they read. They don't. Even, they've never read the whole book of Mark. They fundamentally think that this is all Jesus is concerned about. Nope. Remember, if you break one law, you broke them all. We're all adulterers. No, we're not. Yes, you are. If you broke, if you ever, if you ever, well, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If so, you had to not miss a single, oh, uh, not miss a single uh, uh, sin. Let me let me show you something here real quick. Let's see. Let me see if I can get to it. 
Oh. Oh. Because I just read that. Mm. Was Ephesians, Philippians? Oh. That's why I said I need to brush up on that. <laughs> Let me just go to this one. We'll use this one. Watch this. Philippians 3. This is good. Uh, Philippians 3. Whatever happens, dear friends. Remember, Philippians goes by real, real quick. Uh, he says, uh, be glad in the Lord. Well, that's hard to do because we live such condemned lives. No, we're condemning ourselves. We're supposed to be glad in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you. It's, it's good for you to hear it again and again. Watch this. Watch out for those wicked men. Oh, those those divorce crowd people. Those are the people getting... No, look what he says. Dangerous dogs, I call them, who say, well, that's not so spiritual. <laughs> it is very spiritual. They're trusting in what they can do to go to heaven. Look at this. Who say you got to be circumcised to be saved. For it isn't the cutting of your bodies that makes us children of God. It's worshiping him with our spirits. And that's the only true circumcision. When we Christians glory in what Jesus Christ has, look at this, what Jesus Christ has done for us, uh, and we realize that we are helpless to save ourselves. Now that includes divorce. Besides that, Jeremiah 3, the Lord divorced. Oh my God, he's got to go to divorce school too. Yeah, he does. And, and he sinned too, didn't he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. If anyone has ever, look, he goes and says, if, if, if anyone ever has reason to hope that he could save himself, oh, it would be me, it'd be I, uh, if, if others could be saved by what they are, certainly I could. And he names all these things. I was a Jew, you know, I was, a, I was from the tribe of Benjamin and all this, blah, 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 blah. You know, he goes and says, but then, then look what he says. I was also a Pharisee. <laughs> Paul was, man, he was right there trying to trap Jesus. You see what I mean? And sincere, oh yes, I, so that I greatly persecuted the church. I tried to obey every Jewish rule and regulation right till the very last point. But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I have thrown them away so that I can put my trust and hope, look at that, in Christ alone. Wow. Oh, uh, let's see. I think it's coming back to me. Hold on a second. Let's check something over here in uh, Galatians. Yeah. All right, it came back to me. All right, here we go. Watch this. Let's see. Okay. Was it four? Is it five? Hang on a second. Oh, there we go. Look at this. Okay, here we go. So Christ, remember, he didn't just jump in here and say, hey, so Christ made us free. <laughs> no, he just got through saying that you're not going to get there by obeying the law. You just can't. Uh, dear brothers, we're, we're, look at this. Dear brothers, this is Galatians chapter 4, verse 30. And this whole book of Galatians is about this subject. You have no prayer by trying to do things to get to heaven. You can only believe in Jesus. Uh, let's see. He was trying to compare Isaac to Ishmael. Okay. That, and then he says, but the scriptures say that God told Abraham to send away the slave wife and her son. You know, that's a divorce. And God said, do it. So don't get hung in the all about, because it's true. Sarah actually brought it up. Says, get rid of that slave girl. And then God said, don't worry. It's not what he quoted here. He says, God said, do it. She says, 
Well, the women don't drive the train. Well, they did that case, didn't they? You know. I mean, man, there's women all over the place. Shoot. Don't you remember when Abraham had to tell his wife? says, hey, tell him you're just my, tell him you're just my brother. You know, I mean, you're just my sister. No, thou shalt. <laughs> no, she had to cooperate, didn't she? Anyway, uh, God told Abraham to send away the slave wife and her son, for the slave wife's son could not inherit uh, Abraham's home and land along with the free woman's son. Now, what was the free woman? Remember, the free woman was, was, uh, was Isaac. And Isaac, what he's showing here was by promise because, Sarah, there's no way she could have kids. There's no way you can save yourself. This woman, there's no way she could get pregnant. 85 years old. How? And remember, Abraham was 100. Okay. Dear brothers, we are, no, we are not slave children obligated, look at this, obligated to the Jewish laws, but the children of the free woman acceptable to God because of our faith. Okay. Now, so he goes right, he's still talking the same stuff. So what he says here is he says, so Christ made us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up, look at this, in the chains of slavery to Jewish laws and ceremonies. Listen to me, this is serious. If you are counting on circumcision, I want to throw in their divorce, it's the same thing. And keeping the Jewish laws to make you right with God, then Christ cannot save you. I'll say it again. Anyone trying to get favor with God by being circumcised or saying, I never got a divorce, whatever. Look at this. Must always obey every other Jewish law or perish. You had to keep every one or you were toast. Says it again over there in the book of uh, a book of James. You gotta, ooh, man, you you've got to. You gotta keep it all. Let, let's just keep going. Look at the thought. Christ is useless to you if you're counting on clearing your debt by keeping those laws. You're lost from God's grace. Oh my gosh, I thought you were lost from God's grace if you got a divorce. <laughs> That's what some people were going saying. Yeah, you've fallen from grace. You got a divorce. But we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, are counting on Christ's death to clear our sins and make us right with God. And we, to whom Christ have given eternal life, don't need to worry about, look at this, whether we have been circumcised or not, or whether we are obeying Jewish ceremonies or not. For all we need, look at this, is faith working through love. Oh, man. Let me show you one more. Uh, Let's go to James. And in James chapter, it's two. That's where it is. Let's get over here. Uh, let's see. James is actually the Lord's real brother. You know, his mother was, was Joseph and Mary. This is one of Joseph and Mary's sons. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, what he's saying here is faith without works is dead. And he says, you must have good works to prove that you have it. Okay, all right, let's see. Oh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Let me see. Back, I must have passed it. Yeah, look at this. And the person who keeps every law but makes one little slip. God, why didn't they tell me that at the Baptist church? Well, it's because they're doing the best they can. But look at this. Makes that's the reason the whole world stands guilty before God. All have sinned and come short of the. You're not going to be able to say, "Whew, I was." Mm -mm, We're all guilty. The person who keeps every law, verse 10, James chapter 2, keeps every law of God but makes one little slip is just as guilty as a person who has broken every law there is. I just, that, no way. That's true. 
For God said you must not marry a woman who already has a husband. Also said you must not murder even though you have broken the marriage, even though you've not broken the marriage laws by committing adultery, but you've murdered someone. You have entirely broken God's laws and stand utterly guilty before him. So you can see that, I guess we're all guilty of adultery then. Yeah, you break one, you're guilty of all of them. All right, so let's go back to this. So Richard, what was he saying over here? Well, let's go back and look. Uh, We were at Mark, Mark chapter, we were at 10. They were trying to test him, weren't they? They were after him. Ah, you know. So uh, Moses said, you could get a divorce. Okay. Jesus said, uh, why did he say that? It's because of the hardness of your heart. Okay. But it certainly isn't God's way. For from the very first, he made man and woman to be joined together permanently in marriage. Therefore, a man is to leave his father and mother, and his and he and his wife are united so that they are no longer two, uh, but one. And no uh, man and no man can separate what God has joined together. Later on, when he was alone, the disciples in the house they brought up the subject again. He said, "When a man divorces his wife to marry someone else, he commits adultery against her. And if a wife divorces her husband and remarries, she commits adultery." She's like, "Well, hey, we're guilty of all of them anyway, and we're all adulterers anyway, no matter what." Because if you broke one law, you broke them all. Now, anyway, uh, verse 13. Jesus was so disturbed about this, he kept talking about this because this is critical. And on the next day, he told all the people. No, he didn't. It's gone. I made that up. Once some mothers were bringing their children to Jesus to bless them, and Jesus' disciples, excuse me, the disciples shooed them away, telling them not to bother him. Jesus doesn't have time for kids. He's too busy telling people don't get a divorce. Do you see what's happening here? I'm going to show you what really got a hold of the disciples. And actually, I tell you what, I think it's right here in this very chapter. Let me jump ahead just a second. Yeah, look at this. This amazed them so. Jesus said to them, dear children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter in the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of God. The disciples were incredulous. Then who in the world can be saved if not a rich man? Look what Jesus said. Jesus looked at them intently and said, without God, it's utterly impossible. But with God, everything is uh, all, <laughs> but he said, but with God, everything is, is possible. All right, let's go back to this. We'll get, we'll get right to it. We're just a few verses away, weren't we? All right, so all these kids are coming up. The mothers are trying to get Jesus to bless them. The disciples, no, you're not. Anyway, Jesus saw what was happening. He was very displeased, and he said to his disciples, let the children come to me. Let the children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as they. Don't send them away. I tell you seriously as I know, how that anyone who has uh, who refuses to come to God as a little child will never be allowed into his kingdom. Wow. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Oh, please. I mean, come on. No. When you read the Bible over and over again, there's something going on when people put their hands on people. You lay hands on the sick. We'll see in this very book here, the 16th chapter, every believer can just lay hands. out. doesn't matter if you don't know what's going on. Just do it said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We've got stories in, uh, the, uh, in the book of, uh, let's see, we got when Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. When Jacob was dying, he called all of his 12 sons in there and he laid his hands on all of them, you know. And then, he, and then Joseph, coat of many colors, we got that story. All right, anyway. And then you've got Jacob, when he deceived his dad, his dad did the same thing to him. But anyway, here we go. 
He took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Oh, bless you. Man, there's so much power in this. As he was starting down, uh, excuse me, as, and at, verse 17. And as he was starting out on a trip, a man came running up to him and knelt down saying, Good teacher, what must I do to get to heaven? Oh, that's a good question. Remember what we're going to find out here? Who can be saved? <laughs> it's only going to be through Jesus. Isn't that right? Why do you call me good? Jesus said, only God's good. But as to your question, you know the commandments? Boy, Jesus was setting him up for this one. Even though this guy says, oh, I, I'm, I've done them all. Yeah. Hmm. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Respect your father and mother. Good grief. You can do the checklist on yourself and see how well you've done on that. Remember, if you broke one, you broke them all. Teacher, the man replied, I've never once broken a single one of these laws. Probably up to that point. Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. You lack only one thing. And he did. Go sell all you have and give the money to the poor. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what's going to happen here. And you and, I, you and I in our own personal lives have to think, would I deny Jesus over my salary or over all the things that I say that I possess? Remember, you didn't bring anything into the world. You're not going to take anything out. So remember, that's why Jesus said, uh, what profit is if a man gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? You know, So, you know, and no, Lord, I will... This has got nothing. Remember, God said, Jesus said here, you can't serve God and money. He wasn't saying, now I'm going to put a new rule out. No, you just can't do it. We felt real love for this guy. You lack only one thing. Go sell all you have and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now, you don't have to do that, but can you do that? You know? It's not, God's not saying, go do that and just make yourself poor, and I'll see you on the parkway with a cardboard sign saying, Richard said, do this. No, but could you do that? See, if you could, you wouldn't be out there panning for gold or whatever from people's cars because I'm telling you, Jesus will take care of you. He will. Then the, man fell, uh, then the man's face fell and he went sadly away for he was very rich. Now he tells you why and Jesus is going to explain it too. This guy trusted in that just like we trust in, well, I never got a divorce, you know. <laughs> You're heading for trouble. And what's so sad is that uh, some people think that's all the gospel is about is not getting a divorce. And they don't even, they're, they're just so arrogant, whatever. And they, they hate their brother. But oh my God, I didn't ever get a divorce. Well, I hate you. you know? <laughs> we know we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. Just, it's just new rules, whatever. Anyway, I mean, thank God if you hadn't got a divorce, but you, whatever, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm just I'm glad. Wouldn't bother me if I smoked a pipe or whatever or smoke whatever. I ain't worried about it because these things do not. That's not what gets you to heaven. Anyway, the man's face fell. He went away. Sadly, he was very rich. Jesus watched him go, then turned and said to his disciples, it's almost impossible for the rich to get into the kingdom of God. This amazed them. Now, why did it amaze them? These guys were not poor people. Peter and James, no, Peter and Andrew, his brother, they owned their own fishing company, didn't they? James and John, they did the same thing. Anyway, no, they, notice they didn't say, well, it serves them right. No. So Jesus said it again, dear, ch dear children, how hard is those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? I'll pay my way in. Nope. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. That's where we hear that from. 
Ooh, tight squeeze, isn't it? Then the disciples noticed that they weren't going to drop it. What? Who can get saved if not a rich man? Well, Jesus looked at them intently and said, without God, it's utterly impossible. Notice that. Without missing a lick. No, he says, without God. You've got to have God. But with God, everything's possible. Then Peter began to mention, look at this, all that he and the disciples had left behind. No, they were poor people. No, they weren't. Peter quit fishing. We've given up everything to follow you. Now watch this. Praise God. Let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything. Home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or property, or love for me. And uh, to tell the other good news, and tell, tell the, whatever, and, and tell others the good news who won't be given a hundred times over homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions. Now, I'll tell you right now, you find this same story in Luke. And you know what that word says there? Wife. And you know good and well that Jesus said when he came that he was going to bring discord. Be a father against a son, a daughter against her mother. And boy, I tell you what, in, in the book of Colossians, I mean, 1 Corinthians, when he's talking about marriage, he's trying to get people to marry who are in Christ. You know, because you may have a problem if you with somebody who doesn't want to serve Jesus or says, hey, if you, if you start serving Jesus, I'm done with you. Anyway, anyway, just pointing that out. All these things will be here on earth, and in the world to come, he'll have eternal life. In other words, that hundredfold, a hundred times. That's the reason you trail behind you and you go, whoa, count your blessings. Look at all these wonderful things sneaking up on you. But many people who think this is the first shall be last, the last shall be first. But many people who seem to be important now will be the least important then, and many who are considered least shall be the greatest there. Now they were on their way to Jerusalem. Notice, new story, new spiritual. No, this is a big biography. So they're on their way to Jerusalem. Jesus was walking along already, uh, along ahead, and the disciples, look at that, were following. As the disciples were following, they were filled with terror and dread. What? Remember, that he'd already been telling them, and Peter got jacked up for it. Don't say you're going to die, Lord. He had been telling them he's fixing to die. He even said it again when he went up on the mountain, and his face started glowing just, just, the chapter before this, or two chapters. Look at this. He took them aside again. You know, aren't you so glad that even when all hell is going to break loose, Jesus is still right there talking to you. He take, taking them aside, Jesus once again began describing all that was going to happen to him when they arrived at Jerusalem. When we get there, he told them, I the Messiah. Now let's, let's, let's try to, because we'll, we'll just read it. I, the Messiah, will be arrested and taken before the chief priest and the Jewish, Jewish leaders, and they will sentence me to death. Okay? Now let's, let's keep reading. To die and hand me over to the Romans to be killed. Can you believe this? They will mock me, spit on me, flog me with their whips, and kill me. Now, we don't stop there. Look what he said next. But after three days, of course, they just couldn't fathom this. Now, we do because we know we're already know what happened. After three days, I will come back to life again. Do you know the angels in the tomb there where he was at? That's what they said. Then James and John, son, notice the then. Boy, they were really on it, weren't they? James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him in a low voice. Hey, master, we want you to do us a favor. 
We want to sit on thrones next to yours in your kingdom. They said, one at your right, one at your left. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow that I must drink from? Or to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they said we are. He said, well, you'll indeed drink from my cup and be baptized with my baptism, but I don't have the right to place you on thrones next to mine. Those appointments have already been made. And if you've ever read the book of Ephesians, that's because we're seated with him in heavenly places. We're right there. Anyway, nonetheless, when the other disciples discovered what James and John had asked for, now that word indignant means angry, okay? They were angry. So Jesus called them over and said, as you know, the kings and great men of the earth, they lord it over people. I'm your boss. Don't you ever forget it. But among you, it's different. See, back to that bringing a child. Remember, I think he does here in a second. No, he didn't do it here. Okay. Uh, But anyway, uh, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be greatest of all must be the slave of all. For even I, the Messiah, look at this, am not here to be served but to help others, and look at this, and to give my life as a ransom. I understand here on my horse and tell you guys to quit sinning. You know, and what, no, he came to give his life as a ransom. That's the reason we don't, we don't hear many things about, where's all the things Jesus wants us to do? He said, trust him. The Bible says that it was prophesied in Jeremiah that he's gonna, he'll write his laws on our heart. Anyway. And so they reached Jericho. Later on, they left town. A great crowd was following. Now it happened that a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting on the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus from Nazareth was near, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now again, we don't add anything to this. This is just normal Jesus day-to-day operations. Look what they said. Shut up. Some of the people yelled at him. Look at this. This is key. He wasn't going to shut up. He only shouted the louder and again and again. And you know, that's what we need to do. Don't ever give up. Lord, I'm not taking no for an answer. Help me. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped there in the road and said, tell him to come here. And so they called the blind man. Now they're saying, you lucky fellow. He's calling you. Bartimaeus yanked off his old coat, flung it aside, jumped over and came to Jesus. Some people go, well, that was a beggar's jacket and whatever. And he, oh, please, just read the story. Just read the story. Okay. What do you want me to do? Oh, teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. A lot of people, we have the answer right in front of us, and we just don't ever ask. Just ask. Jesus said, all right, it's done. Your face healed you. Instantly, the blind man could see and followed Jesus down the road. We'll stop at 11. We'll just go to 11. That's all we can do today. But anyway, real quick. As they entered Bethphage and Bethany on the outskirts of Jerusalem, he came to the Mount of Olives. Remember, he's right there at Jerusalem. He sent two disciples on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and just as you enter, you'll see a colt tied that has never been written. Now, let's catch this. Jesus, you're not planning on riding that thing, are you? <laughs> you're going to make a spectacle. This was prophesied by one of those little tiny prophets. I can't can't remember which one it was, Hosea, whatever, one of them, Amos, one of them. Untie him and bring him here. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, our master needs him and he'll return him soon. Can you imagine if you were one of the two disciples and you're going, somebody is going to just, they're probably going to pull a gun on us if I take that. But sure enough, they probably looked at each other once they untied the, because somebody, hey boy, what are you doing? What are you doing that thing there? That belongs to, oh, mean so-and-so in here. And they said, probably said it together. 
our master needs him and will return him soon. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, well, by all means, good grief. So off they went, the two men, they found the colt tied outside the house as, as they were untying it. Some who were standing there demanded, hey, what are you doing untying that colt? So they said what Jesus told them to, and the men agreed. Wow. So the colt was brought to Jesus. Remember, he's a bucking bronco. Man, look at that. The disciples threw their cloaks across its back for him to ride. Then uh, many in the road, many in the crowd spread out their coats along the road before him while, they, uh, while others threw down leafy branches from the field. He was in the center of the procession and the crowds ahead behind. All of them were shouting, Hail to the King. Praise God for him who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God for the return of our father David's kingdom. Hail to the King of the universe. Again, this was prophesied. I, it might tell us in a minute. It's one of these little books that this was going to happen. Hail to the king of the universe. So as he entered Jerusalem, he went into the temple. He looked around carefully at everything and then left. For it was now late in the afternoon. He went back to Bethany with the 12 disciples. The next morning they left Bethany. He felt hungry a little while off. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf. So he went over to see if he could find any figs on it. But there were only leaves, for it was too early in the season for fruit. Okay. Then Jesus said, Why? what's going on here? Well, it's history. We're, you'll never bear fruit again. And the disciples heard him. All right. Verse 15. When they arrived at Jerusalem, he went into the temple. And oh my gosh. Oh, Jesus, please. He began to drive out the merchants and their customers and knocked over the tables of the money changers and the stalls of those selling doves and stopped everyone from bringing in loads of merchandise. And he told them, it's written in the scriptures, my temple is a place of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. Now, when the chief priests and the Jewish, elder, Jewish leaders heard what he had done, they began planning how to best to get rid of him. Boy, they, they, they're going to get rid of him. Their problem was their fear of riots because the people were so enthusiastic about Jesus' teaching. Remember, there's crowds and crowds of people here. That evening, as they left, the, that evening, as usually, they left the city. Next morning, as the disciples passed the fig tree he had cursed, they saw that it was withered from the roots. Now, remember, wait a minute. Well, we remember when he walked by, he said, Nobody's going to eat fruit of you anymore. And now he comes back by, and it's totally dried up. Peter remembered. Uh, what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, teacher, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Now look what he says. We're almost done with this. Look at this. This is it. In reply, Jesus said to the disciples, If you only have faith in God, this is absolutely the truth. You can say to this Mount of Olives, in other words, not just a fig tree, you can say to this mountain, Rise up and fall into the Mediterranean and your command will be obeyed. All that's required is that you really believe and have no doubt. Now, he's not talking about just, you know, oh, I just got to believe. I don't need Jesus or nothing. No, you do. It's Jesus. <clears throat> Listen to me. Look at this. You can pray for anything, and if you believe you have it, it's yours. Now, that's where I remember as a Baptist, I was just guilty. I just, I, if it be your will, Lord, you know, I mean, I don't know if I really need to make an A or pass this test. It's up to you, God, you know, whatever. Fine, it's up to him. I don't really, and the truth is, I didn't believe it anyway. Lord, if it's really your will that I find my $300 ear thing here, it might not, you know, I just, it's, if it's your will, fine. You're never going to find it. 
once you use that for praying for somebody who's lost, Lord, I don't know if it's your will that this guy here come to know you. It might not be your will. You wouldn't do that, you know. But see, we, it's, so, it's easier. To, it, I feel better if I don't get my prayers answered. That Well, I didn't think it was going to happen anyway. I feel better. The responsibility here is on me. Remember the guy with the demon-possessed son? Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus fired back and said, if you can believe. It's my fault. Yeah, it's our fault. Listen, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you have it, it's yours. That takes some, that takes some realizing you didn't waste your time. You're driving in the car and something heavy on your heart and you're going, Lord, I really, it would be nice if you could get this solved for me or whatever. Oh, what are you going to do? I don't know if he heard that. or it, You got to believe it. But when you're, playing, when you're praying, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins too. Okay? Ah, uh, but by this time they, oh, excuse me, by this time they had arrived in Jerusalem again and while he was walking to the temple area, chief priest and the other Jewish leaders came up demanding, what's going on here? Who gave you the authority to drive out the merchants? Notice Jesus didn't say, oh, well, as a Christian, you just got to do what everybody says. Oh, really? Look at this. I'll tell you, if you answer one question, well, you little smarty pants. Yes, it was necessary. These clowns, they needed to know. See, they were, they were on their way to bust hell wide open. If Jesus hadn't been saying, let me tell you guys, y'all need to listen up here. What about John the Baptist? Was he sent by God or not? Answer me. Well, look at this. They go, well, oh, we better figure this out. Let's see. If we say he's from God, he's going to say, well, why didn't you believe him? Because they totally rejected John the Baptist. Throngs and throngs of people go out there to get baptized. And the only ones that didn't get baptized was the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. They talked it over among themselves. If we reply, God sent him, then he'll say, all right, why didn't you accept him? <laughs> but if we say, ah, God didn't send him, then the people start a riot for the people all believe strongly that John was a prophet. So they said, we can't answer. You know, we don't know. Oh, yeah, they do know. They just weren't going to say. Look what Jesus said. Okay, I won't answer your question either. Ah, we're going to stop right there. Next time we should zip right along. You've got 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. And we're, he's already at Jerusalem here, so we'll get to see the whole process here. But Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today. We just thank you no matter what's going on. We know you're timeless, and you're there, and you left us your records. And so, Father, we saw Bartimaeus get healed. So, Lord, if we're not doing good, we're, we're sick in our bodies. Some of, you'll take care of that. Same thing's true financially. We just saw the rich young ruler and that story right there. And who's left what for you? And praise the Lord, we receive in this life a hundredfold. Lord, if it's not that, it could be some other kind of problem we're faced with. Obviously, Jesus, you're our only hope. You'll get us out of whatever it is. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to take time and tell others about Jesus as we tell them what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah.